Namur de Britannia, birthed a victory for the skinny Irishman who has made a living on these types of finishes. The climb was scaled twice in the last 20 kilometers, giving everyone a chance to bring their nerves to a peak. While the climb would take its toll on several of the GC hopefuls, mechanical seemed to doom a few more than the climb itself. Tom Dumoulin, Roman Bardet, and Jacob Fuglesong all had to chase in the last 10 kilometers, with Fuglesong making it back in time and staying with the leaders to the finish. Bardet made it back, but faltered in the last one kilometer, while Tom finally had the bad luck that's eluded him so far this tour. In the end, it was Dan Martin doing his thing, attacking one kilometer and holding off the field to the line, causing havoc behind as TJ came dislodged along with Froome, and Iran losing 6, 8, and 11 seconds respectively. The GC continues to shake up with each contender having their issues for this tour. The reality is the GC is tightly grouped for those still thinking of yellow in Paris, and we are seeing an equal footing going into Sunday's battle with the Cobbles and then the Alps the after. Coming up, Stage 6, July 12, 2018, Tour de France. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us today. This is the Between Two Wheels podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Yonke. We're doing stage six recap. Stage six, Brest to Mur de Bretagne, Gerladan, 181 kilometers. The race starts in Brest in the northwest portion of France and moves to the east, south to Brest before attacking the Mur de Bretagne twice. They had a sprint at 135 kilometer point, two categorized climbs on both sides of it, four categorized climbs in the day, Two, three cat threes, one cat four, uh, bonus at 168 kilometer point. And uh, un, unlike I did not mention yesterday, uh, Zimini loves breast. That's good to hear, Brian. Um, uh, unlike yesterday, I did not mention that they attacked the Mur de Bretagne twice. So they get to go up that twice. Uh, breast, western point of France in the Finestre department of Brittany. And since 1901, Brest has served as the midpoint of the 1,200-kilometer, 750-mile bike endurance event, Paris-Brest-Paris. Last edition was in 2015. For all those out there going to do the death ride this weekend, uh, maybe you should take on that. Well, I don't know if the Paris-Brest-Paris is back in, but um, that's maybe one of those endurance rides you can do as well. The Mur de Bretagne Guerlain, that's uh, a town that's now formed into two from the Bretagne and the Guerlain. Uh, it's got this giant man-made lake that they kept showing on TV today. The lake was created from 1923 to 1930 following the construction of a 40-meter dam in the Blavet to power a, a power plant. Until then, the Mur de Bretagne decorated. It was basically a wall. They call it the wall. I guess that's what the Mur de Bretagne means, hence its name. All right, highlights. Uh, I didn't get to see who abandoned today. Uh, trying to do this quickly and see where the... Um, the data comes out uh, before we're able to really uh, assess all of it. But jerseys going in today have Tom Squeens of Trek, still in the climber's jersey, sprinter's jersey, Peter Sagan of Bora, uh, the best young rider in white, Soren Krog Anderson, GC Yellow, uh, Greg Van Avermet of BMC Racing. Let's talk about the notable Americans coming into today. We had Ian Boswell, 1854 back chad haga at six minutes back i think he may have lost a little bit more time today due to having to help out with his teammate lawson craddock 43 12 he's 170th place last overall taylor finney at 2203 and tj van garderen kind of hoping the best uh, waving the flag for the u.s up there on third on gc uh we get to see him a little bit in today's finale and makes a little bit different move on the gc overall but nothing we're like we're not expecting TJ really to be the man of the tour anyway. Uh, the break for the day we had Damon Godon 
of Direct Energy. He's of the Trobro Leon fame. You may remember him. Uh, we talked about him. Kurt's really in love with him from the Trobro Leon uh, race where he came across the finish line, I want to say two years ago, posting up kind of a spastic post-up. Uh, this year, he coming in, he still had a chance to win that, and I think he ended up second place. So we didn't get to see that uh, a, a second post-up where he's um, – a little bit like an epileptic. His uh, teammate Fabian Griller of Direct Energy was in the break as well. Anthony Turgis of Kofidis, Dion Smith of Wanted Group Gobert trying desperately to get back the polka dot jersey, and Laurent Pinchon of Fortunato Samsex. We had four, um, well, four guys were all on Continental teams. The three teams represented Direct Energy, Wanted Group Gobert, and Fortunato Samsex, and then Kofidis. I don't know if they're Continental or World Tour now, but they haven't had a win for over 10 years in the Tour de France. And I'm not sure why they still get in. I think it's their sponsorship. They, they're they able to put in a bunch of money. And so that helps them in their French. So they make this, they, they get into these big races. But they're um, a pretty terrible team, actually, if you look at it from a, a, a perspective of what do we get on results. Okay, so early windy section caused a split in the field this t- today. Primus Rojic mixed out on it. Uh, so his team had to come to the front doing a bunch of work. And it actually, the effort paid off because he ended up in the top 10 at the finish of the day. So uh, Lotto NL Jumbo went to work, got those back together. But in the split itself, you saw um, Quick Step kind of powering away the group. There was an interesting little dynamic at one point where I think it was Stefan Klung of the BMC team. He was kind of rolling up the front. It looked like it was either him or TJ. And the Quick Step guys are on the front. And at one point, um, he doesn't want to pull through anymore, Klung. So he kind of pulls off and... You had uh, some words. He's like, you guys pull. And they're like, you pull. And and Quick Step ended up taking the the lead. But uh, this is a little interesting dynamic. You know, Quick Step the other day had some issues with uh, the fact that uh, other teams were not doing their work. Well, your guy's winning all the sprints. So you're kind of the team that's that's tasked to do this. That's what it is. I mean, BMC is actually putting in a lot of work the last few days just for Van Avermaet, which is a little bit suspicious. I mean, do they want to? drain their team out before they have a chance for the final, you know, with, with Richie. But then again, it's also, I think it's helping Richie stay up front and probably out of trouble by them doing a lot of work as if they are the team leader, which they are. Okay. So a little breakdown, the, the break, basically they're coming up the last 25 K into the, the Mir de Britannia and they're going to circle that twice. And it's about a 10 K I think circuit or so once they get back to it, once they get over the top. So coming into that, uh, the group, the, the break was still off a little bit. Um, Dion Smith of New Zealand, the wanted group Gobert, he had had a point or two coming into today for the polka dot jersey, which he had worn early. Uh, so he was looking to get that back, and he had been amassing points on the early climb. So coming in, he just needed, I think, at least two points to get over the top of the Mir de Britannia to the first time through to get enough points to have the jersey for the next few days. Uh, as they came up to that wall, he was uh, Gere, uh, the other guy in the breakaway, uh, uh, Grillier from Direct Energy, was off the front a little bit, and Dion was trying to get there, but he got swallowed up uh, about one and a half k in. Uh, the first time up, the the field did not ha- the pace was a little more up on the on the on the front than the early parts. Uh, didn't do anything. They came over the top. Squeens ends up taking the points for the Clamors jersey, so he'll get that for the next few days. Uh, probably into the Alps, actually. So I think he has enough points until they start Tuesday where they go to Le Grand Barnon uh, for stage 10. However, then right over the top, you had Jack Bauer taking off. And then the next few uh, kilometers get interesting. 
because they're preparing for to come back around to the finish to take the climb again. So all these uh, riders know kind of what they have going on and what the positioning needs to be coming into that. And first you have Jacob Fuglesong gets a flat. His whole team drops back and they're looking pretty calm. They're bringing him back up. They're weaving through the, the cars. They're about eight or nine kilometers uh, to the finish, but the finish, the, the climb starts at 2.2. So they need to get back up there, obviously. And they're um, tailing onto cars. They're on their team car. There's little suspect, but they make it back to the group. No penalty that I've heard of for uh, Fugelsong and his team. And then about uh, 5.6K, Tom Dumoulin has a mechanical. Uh, he says he basically, and I'll get to that quote here in a little bit, but basically he he ran into someone else's wheel and, and so he had to change it. He, he and his team kind of start to amass and they're 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 having to move because they only have, you know, 3K. And at this point, the on the front, you have Dimension Data and Bora both driving the front. So it's causing a lot of trouble for him to get back. He's really got to, you know, hump it to get there. And it's a little bit of a downhill. And he's once again getting onto team cars and such. 3.5K, Roman Bardet has an issue. He goes back out of the Peloton, gets a quick wheel change. He comes right back. I don't know if that energy expedition that, you know, that he had to expend was enough for him to, uh, to cause him trouble on the day, but he did have some trouble on today. Uh, three kilometers, Sky starts coming to the front. Tom Dumoulin is about 36 seconds back. He's still not making it. The road is wide open. You have uh, Dimension Data and Sky now on the front. They hit the climb with uh, two kilometers. Tom Dumoulin still 31 seconds back. Now you have Dimension Data, Bora and Sky all in that order. Yellow jersey, uh, Van Avermaet's in good position. 1.5, Daniel Oss and uh, Julian Alaphilippe kind of hit the front. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a headwind, so they're a little tentative to kind of uh, take it from the from that far out. However, about 1.2, uh, Richie Port and Garrett Thomas come to the front, and they're not attacking. They're just kind of riding hard. And then suddenly, right at the 1K, you have Dan Martin attacking out of the field, and he does what Dan Martin does. He hits the gas hard, and he holds it off. And he has several sections where he's sitting down and then standing up and sprinting. And uh, what basically comes after him is Port and Yates uh, both trying to close the gap, but they're not doing so. They're not able to do so. Bardet comes unhinged at the one-kilometer point. Uh, about 800 meters, Port's driving it. Martin's still out in front. 500 meters. Uh, now you got Laporte chasing his teammates off the back, uh, but Pierre Laporte's chasing on the front, trying to get Dan Martin. Uh, Martin keeps sprinting out of the saddle, sitting back down. It's not closing it. The gap continues to come down. Now you start to see gaps forming. Actually, it was in that same one kilometer point. Uh, There's about seven or eight right in the front. Uh, and you had Nibbly starting to come off of Greg Van Avermont. He's trying to close that gap. It's looking a little tough for him. And further behind, you have Froome, Iran, TJ. Uh, as it, they come up about the 250 meter point, Dan Martin's still powering away at the front. Valverde, and then you have Pierre Latour trying to close that down. And now Valverde starts to sprint out of the group with Garrett Thomas and Port on the front. Uh, what you then have, though, is TJ Van Garderen that is coming off the group just a little bit. But right behind him, he has uh, Rigoberto Uran, who's starting to form a gap. And behind him is Froome. So now Froome's getting distance. As they come across the finish, Dan Martin takes the win. Pierre Laporte bangs on his handlebars, missing out. And you have Valverde coming across third, then with a group of about 14, 13 coming across with TJ just barely off the back of that, getting a six-second gap to Dan Martin. 
and then behind him is Froome another two seconds back, and then behind him is Iran. So you had Froome missing out on the day, uh, having a little trouble, but we've seen this throughout with Froome on these punchy climbs, not being, a, and it's not TJ's uh, bag either, uh, having a little trouble. Iran actually would have expected him to be okay on the day like this. Uh, Bardet, I would have expected him to be okay in a day like this, uh, but it didn't work out. So Dan Martin wins, Lapierre second, uh, then this other gra- groups. Tom Dan- uh, Tom Dumoulin is a big loser on the day with that late mechanical, which he's avoided problems all tour. Uh, Bardet, like I said, he had a bad day as well. Comes out that Tom Dumoulin also gets a 20-second penalty for not having uh, or for, for um, basically dragging along on his team car. So you got the results here. Dan Martin, Latour, uh, Valverde. And let me just go the top GC guys in the last – well, uh, Alaphilippe was fourth and Micah fifth. Now let's go to the GC guys that are in that top. Yates, Mullema, Garrett Thomas, Pier, uh, Primus Rojlik, uh, Port, Quintana. Van Avermaet was in that front group as well. Nibali, Fuglesang, Landa, they all came in in the front. And then right behind them was TJ getting the six seconds. F- Chris Froome at eight. Rigobert Oran at 11. Bargui at 12. Ilner Zacharin at 12. Kreuzwick, Brunel at 12. Uh, Bardet down to 31, Martin Guillaume uh, at 31 as well. And then I think 50 or 43 or so was Tom Dumoulin, but then he got an additional uh, 22nd uh, penalty. So he's he's back even further. So here's your GC. Greg Van Avermaet, uh, Garrett Thomas, three seconds, TJ now at five. And then you've got, I'm going to do all these. And I think Rigoberto Uran is still your virtual best place GC hopeful. So he's at seventh place at 45 seconds. Valverde at 51. Fuglesang 53. Port at 53. Landa 55. Yates 102. Dumoulin 103. Well, he's actually 123 now. Froome at 102. Nibali 108. Kreuzwick 126. Mullema 118. So your real GC is back to, you know, take 45 seconds off of all of those. And that's kind of where you're at. So from the 45 to 120 area those are your uh, top well dan martin's 127 bardet 145 quintana 210 so that's kind of where we're at so like i said the virtual gc is kind of the 45 second spot so take those numbers back subtract it off of the 45 seconds and that gives you kind of what the gc picture looks like uh so as an example bardet is one minute off of uran that can make a big difference uh, jerseys after today's tom squeen still on the polka dot jersey uh sagan in the green jersey Soren Craig Anderson in white and Greg Van Avermaet still in yellow. All right, we do have a little feed here. Let's see what Brian Zimney's thought. I thought it was reported Bardet swapped bikes with a teammate. So initially his teammate was being indicated much further off the back on TV because they were reading his bike transponder or bike number. Could be, Brian. I'm not sure. All I know is when watching it on TV, Bardet definitely came off the group himself at uh, the one kilometer spot and he definitely got gapped off and his teammate uh, Pierre Laporte didn't seem to give a shit about it and was continuing to try to take, like, take the win at the front uh, which he did not maybe he give me some little clarification if I answered that one or not okay some things that make you go hmm I got I got some feedback last night uh, from my friend uh, teammate Jason Smith saying that uh, we're were or me uh, well it's probably all three of us me Kurt and Chris which we should be uh, all together again tomorrow uh, that we're Sagan haters so no we're not well at least I'm not but what we do have a, I have a problem with and I know Chris tends to, to harp on this too and I'll let him talk a little bit more about it tomorrow is um, the NBC feed and kind of their over the top 
Sagan loving. And I mentioned the Jens Voigt uh, issue. That, that's always bothered me in the past. Jens, you know, fine writer and everything. But, um, you know, I remember the one day where he's going down in the Alps or maybe it was the Pyrenees and he falls like on three successive corners. And, uh, you know, the, the comment there is about how amazing and tough he is. Well, I mean, come on, dude, you're, you're falling in these corners. Um, it, you don't glorify everything that happens. And that's kind of the way that they seem to be on those issues, which is uh, sometimes a little frustrating. Uh, I personally watch, I get the, uh, about the NBC gold package. So I have options of watching, uh, the no, uh, ads feed it's, it's ad advertising free and it's, um, Robbie McEwen, Australian, uh, former, you know, green Jersey winner, uh, sprinter extraordinaire and Matt Keenan, uh, announcer. And they're phenomenal. i actually feel like you have two versions and look, I grew up on Phil and Paul and love them. And, you know, their time was was very cool. But I feel like they're great for the masses that are just getting introduced to cycling. So but at some point you're getting a little bit beyond the fact that you keep talking about, you know, drafting and, and these things and the tactics. I want a little bit better analysis. And I get that. It's it's like uh, beginners and more advanced. And, and the, the Australian guys are definitely giving me the more advanced uh, talking about it. So. That, that's kind of the thing there. It's not so much against uh, Sagan, who, uh, you know, look, today he's up in the top 10 there again. So kudos to him. All right, Tom Dumoulin issues. Uh, so his teammates sat up for him and waited for him. And it was pretty impressive to see this white jersey wearer, Soren Craig Anderson, uh, wait for Tom as well, especially when he's still got that competition. And, and I'm sure that's not his ultimate goal, but he's, he's doing well. And he did help Tom quite a bit. However, that 20-second gap, uh, you know, I don't know if the car actually made that much difference. And it's kind of sucks that he got penalized the 20 seconds when you can see the same thing happening for the Fuglesang group of, you know, three, four, five kilometers prior to that. Uh, but this is the things that happen. Tom has been able to avoid all uh, problems this tour. You know, he's been the one that I, you know, avoid today. He would have probably been up there in the finish without a problem. He would be, you know, 10, 11 seconds off the lead still. And that would, uh, that would definitely give him an advantage. Now he's back, you know, with all the rest in time. Actually, he's, he's kind of in the middle to behind some of those. Um, it was a, a little interesting thing I saw right when they were catching uh, Jack Bauer, four kilometers to go there, the little kicker. I saw a Katusha rider pull off to the side of the road and just get off his bike. Now, I'm sure he was having a mechanical, but the way it happened, it was just, it was right on the front. They came around a corner. Uh, if anybody has any info on that, I would, you know, maybe like to know, I'm sure he was just helping a teammate. Uh, maybe he was helping Zacharin. I don't know. Maybe that was Zacharin having some trouble. Cause I saw he lost a little bit of time today. Dan Martin mentioned today in the interview that his wife was just going into labor. So maybe this victory is uh, kind of a reward and justification for missing out on the birth of his child. So congratulations to him, uh, trouble up the mirror. So there were gaps today formed. Nibali had trouble holding on 700 meters to GVA's wheel, uh, looked a little, little suspect there so but he finished in that front group still uh also iran and tj in the last 500 along with Froome. uh we've talked about that before about Froome having trouble on some of these short kickers i think it was last year the stage bargi one uh, i'm trying to remember which uh which stage that was but there was a kicker up to the finish it was a mountain day so they'd had a lot of time out and Froome loses like 20 seconds at that point and i remember the common commentators then saying uh, is this the end of Froome? Um, let's not talk it to death. Kurt says, okay, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but please be a little bit more explicit. All right. Let's talk about, uh, Froome losing time. 
No, we're not going to talk anymore about that. Let's talk some quotes at the end of the day. Uh, it's uh, Dan Martin, stage six winner. It's a great feeling to actually get a win. I have had so many second places at the tour since the last one. I was a bit nervous because of the headwind. I didn't think it was going to happen. The race went so hard on the first part of the climb. I saw everyone was on the limit and there was no teammates left. So why not have a try? Well, good point. And obviously it came out to win for him. You know, he does stick his neck out there and gives himself a shot at taking these wins. So, you know, he does get the win, but he also gets a bunch of seconds as well. Pierre Latour, uh, AG2R, second place on the stage. I thought this was somewhat interesting. We said that we were in a good place on today's stage. We would try and win the stage. Perhaps with Alexis Villamuz, who that had won there previously in 2015, that it was if uh, Roman Bardet didn't have any problems at the beginning of the climb, there weren't any problems. So I pushed hard. When I was fighting with Richie Port, the wind gusted in from the right, and I... And it meant I just had to miss that point of attack, which wasn't great. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about there, but I guess the, the wind caused him to miss that. Uh, now he's talking about a Bardet's problems. I didn't actually know about that. Nobody told me. I didn't think there was anything I could have done. We'll try to fight to get it back. So look, the team had plans to go for the win. And uh, so that's that's kind of what their deal was down at the bottom. But it seems like to me that, uh, you know, Bardet, Bardet did have problems on the climb and he would have been better served to have been helping him out instead of taking trying to take the win himself. All right, Garrett Thomas, uh, second overall on GC. Quote from him, if Tom Dubin had lost time, then that's good for us. A bit of bad luck. All right, it seems a little bit unsporting, but that's that's sky for you. Uh, we didn't go that hard up the Mirror Britannia the first time, but in general, the day was hard. It was hot and always fighting for position at 2,000 meters of elevation. Yesterday was hard as well, so it's taken its toll. All right, um, nothing really there from you. Thanks, Garrett. Uh, Tom Dumoulin, it was bad luck. I got a wheel from Simon as soon as possible, and we tried to go as quickly as possible to the finish after that. I knew I wouldn't make it back, so it was about limiting the time loss. There was a movement in the peloton, and I couldn't avoid, uh, avoid it. I hit the wheel in front and needed to change wheel and chase to the finish as hard as possible, but it was very difficult. We knew that the first five days were very lucky, and we also knew that bad luck could hit us too, and it did today. It's very unfortunate, but it did. It's how it is. I'm disappointed, of course. I would have liked to be in better position on GC, but that's how it is. He didn't mention anything about his team car, but... um. Uh, glad that they helped in the polling. You know, Chad Haga came back and helped them too. It looked like they, you know, it's too bad. I, I, there's so many other riders getting time penalty or not getting time penalties and doing very exact same things at different times. And I guess Fuglesang got, you know, got it forgiven because his wasn't at the, as, as such a desperate time as Dumoulin's was. All right, so what do we have coming up for tomorrow? Stage 7, Fuadgua to Chartres, 231 kilometers. This should be a sprint day. You have one cap four climb about halfway through at 120 kilometers. You have a sprint at 168 kilometers and the bonus time at 200. Um, it should be a sprinter's day, so it will see, be interesting. You know, Garrett Thomas has taken a few bonus prints, uh, bonus times, so it'll be interesting to see if he still continues to try to do that. I imagine... It's not going to happen. GBA can can beat him out in those. If it comes down to a sprint, probably not going to let him just take it anymore. Uh, but this should come down to a sprinter. So assume a shot for Gaviria, Sagan, and the other remaining sprinters. I'd like to see Grunewagen finally get a chance to and start near the front for once. Uh, interesting comments real quickly about uh, Ilner Zakarin the other day and uh, Katusha. I heard Ian Boswell talking about it, how his team, I guess it was really 
he said um, he saw Ilnar go down. Ilnar is a guy that he goes is so nice that he doesn't even ask for help. Sometimes, you know, he takes a, a pee off the side of the road. and He's not even asking for, for teammates. And Basel's like, hey, look, man, you could you could be a little more forceful about this. Uh, so anyway, he has a problem in the last few kilometers and Boswell's radioing and, and he says, guys are just selectively determining not to go and help and actually do anything. And then I guess there's a lot in then because Kittle's basically telling others, no, 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 you, you don't understand. You're working for me because I'm, I'm going to win this sprint today or at least be a part of it. And he didn't win. So I guess it was a little heated at the dinner table. Um, but we'll have another shot of this on the Friday and then Saturday, it's a little bit more lumpy, probably a sprinter's day as well. So still Gaviria and Sagan doing their thing. And then Sunday, you have the Perry Bay in July. Should be a killer. And then Monday, a rest day. And then Tuesday, we start uh, featuring the Cat 1s and HC category climbs up to the Lagrand Barnard. All right, Kurt Mills has chimed in here. Tom's most valuable teammate was Minnie Cooper, not to be confused with Winnie Cooper. Really? That you, you pulled Winnie Cooper. I think in real life she is a math genius. I think that's my understanding that she's a like a, a doctor of math and has written some math books. So don't be messing with with Winnie. Yes, Kurt confirmed that. Thank you. Um, oh, the Wonder Years. So there you go. All right. Speaking of the Wonder Years, uh, those riders are all in their prime peak, ready for this race, and we should still have some exciting racing left. Thanks for joining in today, episode seventy-eight of the Between Two Wheels podcast. As always, subscribe. Share the show via iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, or whatever podcast service you use. That reminds me, we were talking to Matt Chat last night, who's been on this show, and he said, hey, is there a way I can get this podcast? Um, other than He almost seemed amused or confused that there was even a podcast, which he's been a guest on. So yes, uh, try one of the, you can have all kinds, you don't have to use Podbeam, that's just one aspect. We kind of share the show out with that one because it's the easiest one. It's the Podbeam is the service we use. So I would suggest you... You, if you have an iPhone, you can have their Podbean, uh, their podcast thing right there. Search for Between Two Wheels Podcast. Uh, I would suggest Stitcher's a great one. One of my favorites, Overcast. We're on uh, iTunes, like I said. We're on TuneIn. Uh, there's a bunch of different ones. So check us out. Find us wherever you're at. Subscribe to it. It'll get downloaded immediately, and you don't have to worry about it. Interact with us on our Facebook page by searching Between Two Wheels and links. Uh, will also be in the show notes found in the description of the feed. One last thing, Podbeam, always easy download for offline listening, says Brian Simney. Some others do not. All right, well, that's really good to hear. So any more feedback? Um, in the next few days, we'll try when we're doing these, I'll try to schedule when we're going to do it. Maybe we'll do tomorrow, uh, try to do live feed as well. I think we're going to try to schedule a recording with Chris and Kurt around 11, 11.30. Maybe we'll uh, live feed that as well so we can get comments coming in. We're going to do uh, some local racing. We have Davis Crit. We have World Tour going on. We have the Giro Rosa. So stay tuned.